Well, Matt, it's been a ton of fun doing this with you. I honestly wish that life hadn't gotten in the way of, you know, us doing Legion Quest each and every week. Life, you say? Hmm. Yeah, it's nuts. I mean, if Legion Quest never happened, we'd probably never even form our Battle of the Atom. Never, you say? Hmm. Hmm. Oh, that, well, that can be arranged. Matt? Uh, Matt? That, that was... odd. Yeah, I'm uh, not sure. Okay, okay un- until next time, this has been Battle of the Atom. We don't... Adam? Hey, what's what's with this crystal? Ad- Adam, it's on me! I, I, I... Zach? Zach? Zach! Hey, wh- where are we? Zach, there you are. Thank God you're all right. We have to hurry. Adam? What's going on? Last thing I remember, we were recording, and then Matt disappeared, and then these crystals started growing everywhere, and now you have a face tattoo? How long was I out? So, you really don't know? Must have been too many old fashions, huh? That's why I don't drink during podcasts. Keeps my mind as sharp as my blades. It still doesn't explain the face tattoo? Zach, you need to listen. Whatever Matt did, it changed things. What kind of things? Zach, in this world, we never started our podcast. And well, that caused a nuclear war. That doesn't even make sense. You need to hear me. This is no longer the Battle of the Atom. It's the Age of the Atom. Wait, so you're telling me that us not doing the second most popular unofficial X-Men podcast led to nuclear war? It sounds crazy, I know. The Oracle can explain it better, and that's where we need to go. Hold on, hold on. Oracle? Just follow me. We need to get out of here pronto before the mutants show up. Mutants are real? Did did us not did us not starting the podcast lead to real life X-Men? The Gene-Geneer will explain all that. Now, come on! Are there any other weird names I need to know? I mean, the exiled one, but that isn't important right now. Oh no, they're coming! Run! Is this where the Oracle lives? Yes. We'll be safe here. Who dares disturb my morning? Cut the chit-chat, Oracle. I brought an old friend. Can it be? Zach? Charlie Davis? Why are people calling you the Oracle? We were chatting on Twitter, like, yesterday. Is that a sword with three blades on it? Oracle, he doesn't know. Oh no. Zach, your yesterday was a lifetime ago for me. Back in the Halicon days of 2017, before the war, before we blotted out the sun. I still don't know how us not doing a podcast changed any of that. Uh, the butterfly effect? That horrible Ashton Kutcher movie? No, 
Your podcast once made a joke that got someone to choose not to vape. That person didn't meet his husband at Big Al's Vaporium, so the vape husband never went to the self-help seminar that was actually a recruitment event for a domestic terror cell. So the terror cell never stole nuclear codes and unleashed the Age of Adam. This seems unlikely and nihilistic. Zach, you remember your X-Men, don't you? Every alternate timeline is nihilistic. Stop this foolishness. We can still set things right. How? By ranking comics. There is still power in the old ways. If we can rank an X-Men story from the Oracle, the Genegineer, and the Exiled One, perhaps we can generate enough energy to power our secret weapon, the Atom Gate. There were like 240 stories on that list. We don't have that list anymore. How can we rank them? What do you think this face tattoo is? You tattooed over 200 comic stories on your eye? I helped. Whatever. I'm not going to worry about the details. But what should we rank? I only have these three, but they introduce the most important ex-adjacent character in history. Powerful stories indeed. Overeen? Shatterstar. Some things never change. Now, Oracle, the only way this will work is if you remain perfectly silent, as if you weren't here at all, just like we recorded in the other timeline. Of course. I shall take my leave and let you talk about New Mutants 98 through 100. So, Adam, first things first, I have a lozenge in my pocket for your, for your, <laughs> for your scratch voice. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I only use that outside in the nuclear winter. Uh, okay. Inside, it's it's you should recognize my voice a little bit better. But thank you for the uh, for the sweet cherry candy that makes me sound more normal. Yeah, uh, but you know, to av- to avert this nuclear holocaust, we do need to talk about New Mutants ninety eight to one hundred, the beginning of the end, written by Rob Liefeld. Uh, with a script by my personal best friend, Fabian Nicieza, with pencils by the Rob. Oh, man. And it's it's just very handy that I happen to have a CGC 9.8 New Mutants 98 right here that I'm just cracking open to uh, to just reread this for this occasion. Yeah, I didn't realize they had those in the future, but that's fine. Uh, how do you... <laughs> Let's let's talk about what happens in this story, because this is this is right after uh, not the Executioner song. What's the other one that has a gratuitous uh, extinction, agenda. extinction agenda? Extinction agenda. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I'm I'm one of the leading experts on X Men history. I know that story. Uh, but yeah, uh, and what happens here is in these three stories, the New Mutants just kind of quit or leave. Oh, it's worse than that. I mean, the new mutants are straight up just like trash talked and all you need to know about what's happening in these three issues is uh, great advertising. Just look at the covers because all it is, is new character introductions. You've got Gideon. <laughs> you've got Domino. You've got Sunspot leaving. You've got Shatterstar and Feral and you have uh, Thunderbird. Those are uh, the, or, or Warpath, sure. I guess. He goes by Warpath. <laughs> yeah. Those are the only ones that are important to this, right? Well, yeah. I mean, Spider-Man's in here, but um, he's carrying a gun for some reason. I'm not I really that, sure. I thought that was Deathstroke the Terminator. Ah, well, you know, tomato, tomato. It's uh, Deadpool. It's Deadpool. <laughs> and as much as we want to make fun of it, 
Adam's right. It's definitely a heck of a lot more Spider-Man than Deathstroke. <laughs> just to well, be clear, I think they it, just made his last name Wilson, and then they retconned once they realized that that was a basic last name, that they could make him a Slade Wilson joke and call him Wade Wilson. That all happened afterwards. Which is pretty funny. I'll, I'll give him that. It's um, funnier that fans didn't get it and now have said, oh yeah, he's just a giant <laughs> ripoff. Um, I remember reading these uh, at the time because I had the, they, they collected all of Lifefield's non-extinction agenda, new mutant stuff together in a, a big trade paperback bef- uh, around the time that X-Force came out. And it was just called Cable. Oh, had, see, I thought it would just be called The Rob, but keep going. Yeah, and it had like a holofoil kind of cover to it. Um, and I, I remember, you know, looking back through it relentlessly. I don't I don't have it anymore. Um, but uh, I haven't read this in a while. And can we just admit that New Mutants 98 is, as I mentioned before, an, an extremely valuable comic on the market. But having yeah. recently read some of Major X, it is a surprisingly terrible comic book in that almost nothing really happens in it except characters sort of like posing around each other. And I don't even know what, <laughs> like my hands are just gesticulating wildly because I'm not really sure what's happening here. Yeah. It's weird. Uh, you get Gideon who shows up doing his Ariana Grande look who <laughs> Gideon, who does say that he's a teen in one of these issues. He said, Oh yeah, we grew up together. Sunspot. Don't you remember? And Gideon looks like he's like a mid 50. Yeah. He's clearly like one of the guys they bring in as the extra shark on shark tank. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Except he has a ponytail that is longer than he is tall. Um, but, uh, yeah, he gets introduced. Deadpool just suddenly shows up and starts attacking Cable. Uh, Cable trash talks every former member of the New Mutants and calls them worthless. It's true. And there's a, and there's a great one page, terrible page, uh, great, terrible of Robert DaCosta's father uh, choking on some poisoned coffee. Yeah, um, that page is fun. Woo. Um. Yeah, 99's kind of more of the same. Yeah, 100's at least a little different. I like issue 100. Issue 100 is fun. Um, And I think it's mainly due to the fact that it is not centered on any of these other new characters. It is centered around Mr. Shattybuns. Yeah, well, Shatterbuns and Feral, but Feral kind of just bookends it. Yeah, yep. And Feral is the worst character introduced here. Like, mm-hmm. and Gideon's involved, so that's saying something. Yeah. Uh, Feral's a bad design and a bad character, and I don't like her. Uh, Shatterstar is in the Mojo stuff is kind of fun, but it also feels totally out of left field in this. Oh, yeah. I mean, it ends, um, I think it's issue 99, just ends with, like, Shatterstar laying on the danger room. Um, and there... You know, there is a precedent for this because that's kind of how Longshot appeared. Um, This is true. Right? So, you know, it's not crazy. And why Shatterstar is there um, makes sense. He's he's trying to stop the, you know, trying to get the X-Men to help out with the revolution. Um, But this is working so hard to just say, we're not this other book. We're this new book. And 
if you didn't know that it wasn't this new book that we're doing, we're going to, we're going to have some blood and we're going to have some stabbing and we're going to shoot mask in the face. And it's like, okay, guys, we get it. It's extreme. It's really selling tough guy. Like as hard as it possibly can. I mean, Shatterstar does stab himself to stab someone else in this comic. Yeah. He also shoots Bad laser habit. blasts out of his sword, which is weird, and he's never mm-hmm. done that again. Uh, there's, well, you know, we're figuring out what the heck's going on here. There's also a very odd, like, concentration about Sam dampening his blast field sound that, like, isn't mentioned in every issue, and it's like, who cares? Yeah, there's a lot going on, especially with Sam, who is kind of put in a position of like having to choose between two worlds. Mm-hmm. Like Tabitha has to do that as well. Uh, Tabby, boom, boom. Uh, but she's kind of more, well, all my stuff's here already, so I'm not leaving. <laughs> well, and she's falling in love with uh, with Sam. So, you know, she's kind of decided to stick around and, and back him up. And there's, there's some good moments, like when... Uh, uh, what's his name? He's very good, and we like him. Uh, Sunspot. Lee. Talking about I'm talking about Sunspot. I'm talking about oh, Sunspot. Sunspot. Yeah, yeah. And he has a big hug, and he says, "Magnums and reruns. It's over, bud." <laughs> yep. Which, yeah. which is so what tells our... me that Fabian Nicieza was doing his best. Well, I, I think we're seeing uh, the sliver of you know the Fabian that we will see you know, in probably about, I don't know, a dozen issues, you know, from now in X-Force and, mm-hmm. and then in X-Men, um, because he's starting to get the hang of how to script this particular book and then realizes that later down, down the line, he'll have a little more control. But, um, you know, especially 98 and 99 are, I, I know that they're like these big cultural phenomenons and everything, but they, reading them as an adult, they come across as I think I got excited about them as a kid uh, because they almost feel like they're written by a kid, you know, or like Robin, even the visual story, a large child. I, and I, I don't want to insult it because like, there's still stuff. Oh, that I mean I that in a good way. I mean that in a good way. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's stuff to enjoy about the visual storytelling. And, you know, I was obsessed with this stuff when I was a kid, but it's very tough to go back and look at this stuff and say, this is good storytelling. You know, I I have trouble doing that. Like it's not even just the general off modelness that people, you know, have harped too hard on the Rob for, Mm -hmm. Uh, because you know, some of that's just stylistic and that's okay. Yeah. But some of it just, it doesn't even work for a given style. It just feels weird. There's not a ton of consistency. People's, silhouettes are different from page to page and they're all just odd distorted like there's a lot of movement and a lot of energy in these pages but it's just it's it's so off model that some of it really does just like make me shake my head yeah well i think the thing that gets you know people excited about this and definitely at the time is just like what you're talking about there's a lot of energy in these pages and everything is sort of moving or or gyrating or dancing or whatever it is and blowing up smoke. There's hash marks all over the place. Um, you know, <laughs> but in terms of telling like a, a 
great transition between this new mutant series and what's going on with x-force it does its job um Mm -hmm. but is it good comics i I think that's debatable i think that's our job to debate it because we have 243 stories on our master list that's conveniently tattooed on your face uh and good look look man I appreciate that in these dark days, you have really bought into this whole post-apocalyptic savior thing you got going on. I'm for <laughs> you know, it. I don't know what's going on here, but I'm real into that particular part of it. You should keep that if and when we do come back to, quote unquote, the real world. <laughs> There's some good fashions going on here for sure. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, we've got, like I said, 120, 100 and- Nope, 243. I'm sorry. This is just, it's not on the computer, so it's a weird, it's harder to read than usual. Uh, 243 stories on this list. Uh, Going from, let's see, Dark Phoenix Saga and Days of Future Past down to X-Men Phoenix Legacy of Fire and the Draco, which is the hellscape that we live in now. (laughs) Uh, This is better than those, but worse than the ones at the top. All right. I think a good starting point might be to ask ourselves whether this is better or worse than the time that Shatterstar and Adam X fought Arcade in X-Force 29 to 30. No, it's not. It's not. It's just it's it's really not. That story's bad, but it's rules. Okay, at 232, we have X-Force 59 to 61, which is the Shatterstar saga. Is this better or worse than that? This has a beginning, middle, and end. So it's Good. better than that. Okay, I was going to say, I think it's better too. Is it better or worse than 210, The Fall of the Mutants, New Mutants, where uh, we have some bird brain stuff and Doug dies? It's like right there. Okay. There you go. Because in... It's yeah. not as good as the first Adam X story at 202. Mm-hmm. Um, is it better or worse than London burning Excalibur at 205? I like this better. I mean, there is still stuff that I like about this. It, it it's very silly, but you is know, it, I think I like it better than that Excalibur story. Is it better than Curse of the Mutants? Hmm. Cause that puts me in a pickle. <laughs> what do you think? Which one? Cause you don't like Curse of the Mutants. I think I liked it more than you did. I don't like this story either. <laughs> no, I, I think I, think I is... would, though, just because of its, you know, uh, it, it is a big moment in in the line. Um, I think I might put it underneath the X-Force annual, too, um, but put it ahead of the Leprechaun murder mystery from X- Uncanny X-Men First Class number eight. OK, but you say that, but it's a Leprechaun murder mystery. <laughs> well, th- th- this is kind of like a murder mystery. I mean, there's mysterious people popping up all over the place and you don't know why. And everybody stands with their legs askew. And um, anyway, Fine. so, so we'll what are you saying? Two or three. We'll make this two <laughs> or three. And you better hope the Rob never hears what you had to say about it. Oh, yeah. No, He's vindictive from what I've heard. Is he? But wait, Adam, we, we just ranked a story. Uh, we, we still did. We, we, yeah, we did. Uh, but that means we, we still have some more stuff to do to save the universe. Ah, uh, yeah, it, I think it went great. <clears throat> it's, 
<clears throat> it felt like the old days. Okay. Uh, wait, where did, where did Charlie go? Mysterious are the Oracle's ways. Unknowable are their actions. Forget it. Nothing about this world follows internal logic anyway. So this gene engineer, where is he? I'm right here. Chris Edelman? So, it is true. I'm a man of science and never believed the exiled one's prophecy. You should have heeded his wise words, oh mutant master. Mutant master? Wait, wait, Chris. You know biology. How did this world get mutants? Oh yeah, that's not what you think. They are mutants, like the kind of things that happen when you get hit with a bunch of radiation. So less knife hand and more cancer. Then why were we running from them? We needed narrative momentum. Now, OG Engineer, do you have a story for us to rank so that we may return this world to the way it once was? Oh sure, I've got an event for you. One with the next evolution of mutant kind. Did you get early access to the Hickman run? Is it the world or Mars? I need to know. No, I'm talking about X-Men 100 through 102 from Claremont's return in the Revolutions era with the Neo. Well, Adam, let's get to this, I guess. Gene engineer? Oh, right, sorry. Yeah, I'll leave. My bad. Have fun saving the world. Okay, Adam, uh... First, first things first, lozenge. <clears throat> thank you. Oh, ah, mm. yeah, thank you, you for that, Zach. I'm really glad that you time traveled with that. Look, I, I'm not joking. I've got a bag in <laughs> eyesight at all times and definitely not this moment because uh, they're <sighs> in my pocket. Uh, yeah. All right. So the Neo, Adam, what do you know about the Neo? Oh, man. What the heck? <laughs> What is this? What are uh, the this Neo? Is, this what is, are they? They're the next evolution of mankind. Uh, this is X-Men Volume <laughs> 2, number 100 through 102, written by Chris Claremont with pencils by Lenio Francis Yu. Uh, so, like, a good team. Mm, one would think. A good creative team. <laughs> um, sure. What do you know about... Let me ask this. Let's jump back. What do you know about yeah. the revolution era? Uh, I don't know a lot. Isn't this just when Claremont comes back to the books? Yeah, Claremont came back. Uh, they did kind of a relaunch, rebranding, shuffling around thing on several books. So Claremont took over X-Men and Uncanny. Uh, X-Factor was canceled at the time. Uh, X-Force, Generation X, and uh, what was it? Not uh, X-Man all went under the Counter X banner that Ooh. Warren Ellis uh, pushed. And then there were a couple other uh, changes to some books. So like Wolverine and Cable got a new direction and things like that. It was interesting. Well, interesting is one way to describe this. Um, there is a really fantastic Art Adams cover on X-Men 100. I'll give him that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, can I say one thing? Lanil Francis's uh, costume designs are not my favorite. Uh, no. No, they are not good. I always assumed that this was just sort of like Art Adams messing around. It's not. Yeah. It's just, it's it's weird. I don't love these designs. Uh, they're interesting. But there's a lot 
going on here. Uh, we get led into a new team of X-Men uh, that are hanging out on a StarCore uh, space station with Peter Corbo. Hey, all for Peter Corbo hanging out on space. That That's great. Um, I will say that the way in which you uh, illustrates this, it is really, really difficult to tell who's on this team until about, I don't know, what page is this? 13? Like we, we get through like a good third of the book before these guys take off their very stupid space uniforms. Um, and even then the way they're illustrated, it's kind of tricky to tell who is who, um, yeah, on this team, you got shadow cat who actually disappears and Jen just never shows up for a while. Mm -hmm. Uh, like Claremont was going to follow up what happens with kitty here and never gets to, <laughs> uh, Rogue is there. Colossus is there. And him and Rogue have a romantic relationship because it doesn't last for longer than this. Right. This is just like a, a one off. Uh, it's it's a one off as in this run. OK, OK, uh, but not much. Apparently he can't absorb or she can't absorb him when he's in metal form, which doesn't make any sense. No, because hasn't she done it before? Yeah, constantly. It's one of her go-to moves. <laughs> uh, also, we have Psylocke, Betsy Braddock. Mm -hmm. and, With a face tattoo. Well, that's from the Crimson Dawn. He yes. inherited that. Yep, yep. Uh, and Neil Shara, Thunderbird. Mm -hmm. uh, he's bad. Uh, did <laughs> I? Do you know how Neil Shara got his name? I do not. Okay, so Neil Shara is an Indian guy. Right. Uh, from uh, Calcutta, I believe. Mm -hmm. Okay. And he was going to be named after a uh, Hindu fire god. Because he has fire powers. I'm following. But because like people still like Hindu is an active religion, they didn't want to do that. So instead they gave him the code name Thunderbird because he's Indian. Okay, so mm -hmm. yep, yep, yep. They made the Christopher Columbus mistake. Just processing that for a second. I'm yep. wondering who on editorial thought that was a good idea. Um, Mark Powers, based Woo. on credits to this issue. Woo. That's a decision right there, pal. Yeah. Also, Nightcrawler is a postulate, a priest in training. Yes. And he gets attacked by these weird people called the Neo War Clan. Mm -hmm. And he gets uh, he gets an arrow in his back and has to go to Cecilia Reyes to help him out. Uh, yeah, I find that part of the story a little bit more interesting is, is Cecilia oh, Reyes is, is trying to help Nightcrawler survive and get back to the mansion and they're being hunted by the Neo. I, I like that part. All this stuff in space that involves like weird bondage stuff with Kitty and like some guy in a weird green and purple armor uniform. I, I just I Seth? Seth in his Neo Genesis Evangelion look. I mean, sure. I mean, I can't quite understand what's going on in some of these passages. Like when Kitty gets attacked, I really that page. I have no idea what's going on. Um, there's a there's an element to use artwork that on some pages is so easy to follow. And in others like takes on almost this Wills Portachio kind of feel in this energy that doesn't service the story. 
Um, and I, I, I lose track of like what exactly is supposed to be going on or who people are. It, it's tough. There's one character in this story that I do recognize out of all the artwork. It's one of the okay. media. Mm-hmm. His name is Salvo, the living gun. Oh, right. The guy who has Gatling guns for hands. Yeah, he just has Gatling guns for hands, and that's his mutant power, hmm. uh, which is pretty good, uh, and I do love it. Rogue does later absorb that mutant power, and then she realizes she can't control it, so she's just going Gatling guns everywhere like, I can't, which is incredibly <sighs> dangerous. Don't do that, people. I think this would be a lot more interesting if I cared even slightly about the um the culture or the the even just the design of the neo but i want i I don't know they want superiority they want to i don't know they're like mutants 2.0 right yeah i don't understand what they're going after they have face tattoos and they're angry and there's something about like spikes yeah scans yeah, uh, they have a lot of feelings about a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and there's this back and forth about, you know, who the leader is and who's allowed to do what. And I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> really don't. Yeah, um, you never get and, a satisfying answer for that. What's that? You will never get you a don't... satisfying answer for that. The Neo just kind of disappear until they die in an annual for adjectiveless x-men years later yeah that to feels, super neo that feels about right for an arc that ends with what looks to me like wolverine getting pooped out of a building and i'm not sure what happens in the page beforehand that leads up to that i'm really not sure um it's odd very odd storytelling here yeah christopher claremont did a bad actually Hmm. On this one, he didn't do good. Well, there there are little hints of the old Claremont here, but he's clearly trying to do something new. And I just don't know what it is or why I'm supposed to be into this. It's it's what I've noticed with any time Claremont comes back to a book. Like I just read X-Men Forever recently. Oh. Which is Claremont essentially saying, okay, I wrote Adjectiveless X-Men 1, 2, and 3. This is what 4 through like 40 would be. I I recall some of that being absolutely bananas from skimming it. Yeah, it's uh, Claremont just, he continues to do incremental things like, well, what if I changed this one thing? What if now Rogue and Colossus are in a relationship? Or what if now Nightcrawler is a priest? but doesn't change the status quo of the X-Men mm. in general. And I think mm-hmm. that's that's where he runs into problems because while he, when his run succeeded, it's when he was consistently changing what the X-Men meant and what their mission was, which was the only way he kept it f- fresh for 17 years. Like you can tell the points in his run where he needs a new a new pitch, a new status quo because it starts to drag. Yeah. I, I just think that even if you had just swapped out the villains and like it was the Marauders that were, you know, stalking Nightcrawler and that's who they had to defeat. And the Marauders had like sabotaged Peter Corbeau's spaceship. I, I'm okay with that. That's fine. But the the story is done no favors whatsoever by having these Neo guys on board. And 
you know, I don't care who Domina is. I don't care who, who gets to be the leader of the Neo and who gets to, you know, get the kill. It's like, uh, we've done this story before. Yeah, we have. Uh, and it's been done well. Like, uh, Supernovas is kind of just this. Like the, well, the I was thinking of the that. Vault, they're just yeah. the Neo. But the Children of the Vault are so much more interesting. You know, like, I want to know what they're all about. And I want to know what their backstory is and why they're after uh, mutant kind. And it, it is very similar, but there's sort of like an extreme X-Men quality to this that just, I, I don't know. I, I'm not, I'm not buying into it. Well, speaking of extreme X-Men, mm. is this better or worse? And I'm just going to start low here. Yeah. Is this better or worse than God loves man kills too? Wow, that's really low. Uh, that's, the first extreme X Men I could think of. Yeah, that's I all the way down. Expose was. I don't think we're 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 in that like depth of Claremont's being terrible. Um, you Is know, it better I, or worse than Children of the Atom uh, from Uncanny X Men three sixty and X Men eighty, which has Cerebro's X Men. Um, oof, that was bad too. Where do we have that on the list? That's at... an eighty four. That one has Chris Bashalo art that is better than this. Oh yeah. Um and I, I like was you. thinking I like more... the name of Francis Yu. He's just not great in this one. No, it, there's just something about his storytelling here, the way the way he illustrates these pages that things get very confusing. Um I'm looking closer to maybe around like down at 231, we have Psylocke and Archangel Crimson Dawn. Like similar I, I think I don't this know. is better than like, Crimson Dawn. Yeah. This is better than Crimson Dawn? It's better than Crimson Dawn. It's not as good as Wildcats X-Men. No. Uh, She's at 221. How about that wacky Captain Marvel run we read recently of Nicieza's? Better than that. Worse than uh, next Star Trek Next Generation slash X-Men Second Contact. All right. So that makes it our new 224? That does make it 224. And you know what? We're... Uh, we're really uh, moving through this. We may save the world yet. Okay. So now we just need to find this exiled one. Yes. The most mysterious of these sages. Oh, hey, guys. Who care? What are you doing here? Ah, I'm the exiled one. Mysterious keeper of the multiverse. It's a decent gig. Exiled one, it's been ages. Tell me, do you know how this world came to be? Uh, yeah. So Matt went back in time and stopped himself from ever starting Legion Quest, which in turn set off a chain reaction that ended in nuclear war. How did he go back in time? He's British. Fair enough. So, yeah, I think if you guys are going to uh, rank another story, you will have created enough, like, chrono-similarities to your original timeline that will power up the Atom Gate and send you back to the end of episode 99. Well, I'll miss these bulging muscles. I am bound and determined to set this right. Tell us, O oh, Exiled One, what story shall we rank? Uh, Exiles number 100. That feels like a fitting punishment. Now, let us do our dark work. First things first. Adam, this is my last lozenge, and I want you to have it. 
Oh, th- ah, thank you. Thank you so much, Zach. I, I really feel like this is a bonding experience. Thank the Ricola Corporation, who is sponsoring this alternate timeline. I'm pretty Ricola. sure. Ricola! <laughs> Exiles 100. It's written oh. by Chris Claremont with pencils by Tom Grummet. Uh, Luke did you know us dirty here. What's that? I, I like some Tom Grummet. Um, Chris Claremont, what are you doing here, buddy? <laughs> Having Sabretooth from the Age of Apocalypse surf? Sure. I'm okay with that. There's there's some fun things happening here, but um, correct me if I'm wrong. This is the last issue of Volume 1, correct? Yes, this is the end of Exiles. It's called Home is Where the Heart Is. Home is where the heart is. Is is bigger than the is text. It? Home is. Home is where the heart is. I don't have that open. I'm I'm looking on the Marvel Wikia that exists and is the only living website in this terrible hellscape of a timeline. Oh, so you're not enjoying the full page spread of uh, Blink hanging out in a string bikini on some sort of beach with pink crystals behind her. Well, wait, hold on. We're in the same room. Let me just take a look at that. (laughs) Yep. Yep. That is that is what they drew there. Lots of lots of bathing suit ladies and and saber suits in a bathing suit too, which you know equal opportunity bathing suits. Um, yeah. So, can you sum up what happens in this issue? It's uh, a lot of little just random vignettes that end with them forming a new version of the team that I guess never comes to anything. Uh, well, there's a new Exiles that comes out of this. Oh, okay, okay. It's well, called New Exiles. Cool. Uh, <laughs> But Blink, uh, Clarice Ferguson, uh, Thunderbird, John Proudstar, who recently came back from the dead. Nice job, John. Good job, Johnny boy. You and your stupid noseless face. He still's got that bad face from Mm. Exiles number one. You remember how bad his face was? It's a terrible costume. Man, did we? It's a terrible design. That we talked about that in like our first 10 episodes. Yeah, I remember. First time Luke was on, wasn't it? Yeah, he has like this weird, not Luke, uh, <laughs> Thunderbird. He has this weird like fin on top of his head and it just doesn't work. Yeah. And then Nocturne, who is Talia Wagner, also leaves the team. Mm. And they were some of the original exiles. Right. Uh, and then Sabretooth and our Betsy Braddock Psylocke. Mm-hmm. You know, the one who's in things and that we like. Yeah, uh, I was surprised they- to see her here. Yeah, they form the new exiles that includes Sage and a mystique whose name is Raphael Raven Darkholm. Just a just a dude in the lap coat, you know. Yeah. Chilling. And they just kind of talk and have feelings at each other and deal with the fact that Nocturne recently had a stroke. Yes. Which happened in New Excalibur, I think. Anyway, Claremont had a stroke and he was working through some stuff. So that's oh, that's, that's that was. that's the inspiration of that. Yeah, yeah, he. You got to write it out sometimes. Uh, I did and not know that story. That's so interesting. He's doing much better now. Mm-hmm. But he picked a weird character to do it with. And I'm not sure as a story it works really well, but I struggle to judge it very hard because, again, he was just working out some stuff. I don't know. I feel like the the aspect of this story that I thought was 
the most interesting was actually the fact that that character was recovering. Like the idea that this team has been through some stuff, this doesn't feel like the last issue of a comic series. This feels like one of the sort of, you know, chill out episodes between adventures. And uh, it's surprising to see it as the final issue of a volume of comics. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can agree with that. Because honestly, not a ton happens. But besides those three leaving the team, mm-hmm. it's just some people uh, having moments. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, Claremont, <laughs> I did think it was interesting. He pulls this uh, thing that we saw in the uh, classic X-Men backup story where they're looking into space, but they're also seeing all of space at the same time. They can do that from the beach. Uh, very similar to what Gene could do in that backup story. And I was like, oh, that's interesting that he's pulling that back out. Obviously, you know, because they're they're in some sort of like exile crystal here, right? Yeah, they're right. in the Crystal Palace. That's yes, where the, the Crystal was. Palace, right. Which is separate pink crystals than the stuff that uh, enveloped us and sent us into this hellscape. Oh, man. It's so complicated. All these pink crystals all over the place. Um but yeah, I mean, it's not even that like they look super excited to keep being the exiles. Like Morph looks downright depressed on the last page. Well, and, all his uh, friends left. Yeah, yeah. So it's a bittersweet ending. Um, I don't think it's a bad comic book. Tom Grummet does some beautiful artwork here. May I counter with this? Please. I also don't think it's a good comic book. And I understand it's handicapped by the fact that there's 99 other issues of Exiles that comes before this that I've just not read. Mm-hmm. Because uh, it's, it's just a lot. And Exiles as a concept has never resonated with me. I don't know ro- why. Like I, unlike some people, uh, and Peter doesn't listen to podcasts, so uh, he's never going to hear me give him crap about not liking alternate timeline stories. Uh, but like, I like those uh, and I don't like exiles. I don't know why Peter is uh yeah, no Peter from uh, crushing comics. Uh, Chris is, he's oh, a good Chris. guy. Yeah. Yeah. He writes a lot of really um, good. Go check. Him yeah. Out. I don't latch onto it either, but I think that has less to do with the general idea than it is with the execution. Um, I'm all for throwing people from alternate universes onto teams and having adventures, but the, the the deal with the exiles, just the combinations never. And we talked about this when we, uh, when we talked about other exiles uh, storylines in the past, they, they just don't always work for me um, in the combinations that they choose. Um, so I think this is a handsome comic. It's got some very, very nice artwork in it. Um, pretty solid coloring. Claremont's doing a fine job with the, the, the writing. I, I, you know, I don't have any issues with this, but it's also like, just kind of uh it's unessential it, it doesn't seem like anything that i need to go back and read at any time nor does it even seem like a fitting sort of wrap-up issue for a uh a series well in that case then let's just rank this thing and save the universe thank god let's do it is it better or worse than 162 exiles volume 2 the jeff parker exiles i say no um i i will say that at least Jeff Barker's fifth issue of the exiles did kind of wrap it up a little bit better than this, but I, I, I like, I like the Jeff Parker one better. Okay. All right. Then we're on the same page. Um, I would go, ugh, I think I would better go or worse than exalted from astonishing X-Men. 
which is the one I where like that I like that better. Uh, better than Extreme X Men Expose. Hmm, they're oddly similar in that I don't want to return to them, but I think that right below that is Deadly Genesis, and right below that is Summer Special, and I don't think I could put this ahead of either of those. Um, it's probably better than. It's not better than Stairs. It's not no, better than say. the Tempest. It's not. I don't think it's better than Shatterstar and Adam X versus Arcade. Well, you do know that Adam X the Extreme is back. And things have never <laughs> been deadlier. <laughs> Until now, Zach, obviously, in our murderous uh, future. In the age of the uh, Adam, yes, things are in fact deadlier. In yeah. the age of the Adam X the Extreme, which will be the 200th episode, but that's not important for now. Um, I'm slipping down the list a little bit more. Is this better or worse than that time that Marvel team up had Robert Kirkman do a, a Mignola homage with Cable and Wolverine? Better than that. Okay. Is it better or worse than the time and lives of Lucas Bishop? I don't think so. No. Okay. Then we figured it out. This is was. our new 209. I think this is our new 209 and I couldn't be happier. So uh, looks like it worked. The Atom Gate is fully powered and set to the moment that Matt interfered. I'm pretty sure that if you can just go and stop Matt, everything will go back to normal. Okay, so I just kind of shout into this. Okay. Hey, Matt, don't stop yourself from doing Legion Quest. It ends up real bad for everyone. Oh, my bad. Carry on, mates. God save the queen and all that. Did, did that work? Can we finally go home? Oh, thank goodness. I think that means we saved the universe. I don't know. Apparently so. We're home. Uh, I feel uh, I feel a lot less like a Mad Max extra. Did we just save the universe? And no one will ever know. You know, Adam, I wouldn't be so sure about that. In fact... I think there is someone who wants to thank you specifically. Yo, this is Liefeld. I'm talking to Adam. This is for Adam. Adam, your co-host, Zach, wants you to know how awesome you are. What? A hundred episodes. One, zero, zero. One hundred episodes. A battle of the Adam, where you talk about the X-Men. Boom, X-Men. Dude, congratulations. Thanks for digging what the my hell is stuff, happening? my Deadpool stuff, my cable stuff. Uh, th th those were just a joy to bring to life. And uh, hopefully you give them, you say nice things about them on your podcast. Because you know I'll hear about it. I'll hear oh about God, it. We're Come so on dead. now. Good things, Adam. <laughs> Good things. You and me. <laughs> Battle of the Adam. X-Men podcast. 100 episodes. Dude, that's... I've only done like 60 of these cameos. A hundred? Can't even imagine. <laughs> Adam, Battle of the Atom or Battle of the Atom? It's Battle of the Atom, I know. So anyway, dude, stay strong. Be good. Liefeld, just Adam, Battle of the Atom, book by Zach. Love you guys. Take care. Liefeld out. Zach. Yeah? Zach. Yeah? What the frick just happened? I think Rob just congratulated us uh, specifically you on saving the universe and having a hundred episodes of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um,
I we need to go back and re-record the first segment of this show. Oh, I did that intentionally. <laughs> I've been saving this for weeks. How in God's name thing. did that happen? I'll tell you later. We don't need to ruin the magic for the listeners. Wow. Wow. Or it's um, not as interesting as you might think. <laughs> I am like out of my chair and just like. I don't know. My heart rate is through the roof. Uh, Here's the video. I'll send it to you. It's very ah, good. Rob, thank you. Uh, oh, the Rob. The, the Rob. Rob. Dude. Thank you so much, the Rob. Dude, we look, we may we may pick on the Rob, but like the Rob is an awesome guy. Like, let's be frank. Awesome guy. Thank you. Wow. Oh, sorry. My... Are we even going to be able to do the rest of this show? Yes, we have to. Oh, my brain is like on the floor. Seat around it. Okay. All right. What did we say we were going to do next? We were going to re-rank some stuff. Just a second. Just. I know. I know. I'm like hyperventilating here, and like, I need my blood pressure to come down. And. Okay. Woo. Woo. So that was Rob. Yeah. Uh, I feel like I just got like thrown around by like a mechanical bull or something. Oh, like, it's a lot, isn't it? It is. That that just blew my freaking mind. Like, wow. Not sleeping tonight. <laughs> <laughs> this is like after you watch one of those episodes of Game of Thrones where like somebody gets their head crushed in right before the credits and then you try and go to sleep. There's no sleeping tonight. That I back in my days, oh. I did not have HBO Go access. So, uh, and this is spoilers for season three of Game of Thrones. Actually, no, I did have HBO Go access. I just didn't want to wait. What was I doing? <laughs> anyway, uh, when the Red Wedding did happen, mm. I stayed up to watch it. And by watch it, I mean I stayed up to download a torrent of it and then watch it at night before I went to bed. So, you know, the first torrent could go out at 11. Yeah. And then you had to download that against a million people and don't pirate things. People I made, I made choices. Uh, anyway, it was like 1 PM and I had read the book, so I knew what was going to happen. And it still left me like, that was a lot. And that's how I'm feeling. Actually, I've been preparing for this, but that's how I assume you're feeling right now. Oh, I'm speechless and I feel <laughs> very guilty about our ranking earlier, but um, please well, know, please know that those books were beloved in my childhood, but we do have to do objective rankings here on this show. So um, <sighs> if you're speechless, I want to say a few words to our awesome listening audience. Yes. Uh, guys, I am not even joking when I say the, response to this show over the last hundred episodes has been beyond anything that I could ever imagine. Uh, and to each and every one of you, whether we're friends and we've talked, if you just have seen my name on social media, or if like we've never interacted at all and you just stumbled across this show and for some reason you're still here, I cannot tell you how much I appreciate that. It's been great. And Adam, I super appreciate having you as my co-host through this whole crazy thing. Um, I got to reiterate everything you're saying. Audience, 
people listening to this show. I feel like we have a really good connection with all of you out there, um, especially through social media. But um, if we've never talked, regardless, just thank you for tuning in and telling people about the show. And I think that Zach and I are just uh, constantly amazed that listenership just keeps rising um, and we're having fun. I mean, we started this as sort of like on a lark two years ago and I'm I'm happy we're still doing it. I want to do a hundred more. It's a great show. Um, well, I, that's up to you to judge, but I enjoy doing it. So, um, I, I and, would say, I don't know if it's a great show, a good show or a bad show. Yeah. But it is a show. Well, I would, I would even go as far to say the entire conceit of this show was making the kind of podcast that I would want to listen to. Mm-hmm. And I can honestly say, even though I don't listen to this podcast because I both live it and then live it again to edit it. Uh, every time I go back and check out something, it's the kind of show that I would be listening to, even if I wasn't being part of it. Uh, so I'm really glad that we've been able to stay true to that and been able to do that. And be like, not negative all the time. Regardless of what this episode might make you think. <laughs> well, in this episode, we were stuck in a futuristic hellscape and we had to escape. So uh, we were trying yeah, we to be to, on brand. We have to build it around stories they covered 100 <laughs> and we already did the good ones. That's the uh, problem. We did the good ones already and we ran out of 100s. You know what? I just uh, in in retrospect, I think that New Mutants probably would have scored higher had we just done 100. Um, but okay. Probably. Anyway, you have to do all three. Yeah. X factor 100, I guess. And yeah, X Force 100. Hey, there's always, there's always future shows. Oh, this right? is the only, this is the only 100 we get. We only yeah. get the one. Well, anyway. You never know. You know uh, we're time we, traveling. We talk, we talk about second chances. Mm -hmm. uh, and I do think in this episode, we're going to, we're going to get a second chance for a couple of things. Go for it. We're going to, how we want to roll this. Uh, each one of us, we did last time kind of back and forth, right? Yeah. I think we did two stories each. Okay. And the maximum number of places you could request was 10. Yeah. Because we're going to re-rank some stories. We are each going to pick some stories that, you know, we feel like probably we need to shift their position. Mm. So we are going to be able to move them, move, pick a story and move it either up 10 space, up, up to 10 spaces or down up to 10 spaces. Okay. And Adam, I would like you to go first. Okay. I am going to pick something that is a little bit low on the list. And that is a story that I feel like we keep coming back to and speaking positively about um, that I think deserves to be a little bit higher on the list. And that is at 222 Wildcats <laughs> and X-Men. Um which has that absolutely beautiful Travis Charest art. And by the time you get to the end of it, it is just nonsense gobbledygook. So I don't want to move it up too far, but I kind of think it's better than like, let's say beauty and the beast. It's probably also better than Poptopia. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I feel like it could be a little bit higher on the list. Here's the thing. I don't think it's better than mechanics, which is at 216. Yeah. But it's probably better than that Shen Zorn stuff. 
is probably better than that Shenzorn stuff. And I love that Shenzorn stuff, but that's also some Chuck Austin stuff. All right. So are you comfortable moving Wildcats slash X-Men to 217? I am. Wildcats X-Men has been re-ranked and it is up to number 217. Up six spots from 223. These are modest requests. On my yours, side. <laughs> yours was modest. Yes. Hit me with a big one, Zach. Oof. Let's see. Here is here's here's one. And I'm just gonna throw this out here. Go for it. Uh, and this is gonna be an interesting thing. And I don't know how well it's gonna fare, but we will uh we will see as I say the words that are coming out of my mouth right now. Go ahead. At number 33, we have X-Men Mutant Genesis. Yes. X-Men 1 to 3. 1 to 3. I don't think it's as good as some of the stuff that's below it. All right. I, after doing the list for a while, I'm on board with this. Where do you want to put it? I think that it, if I was being comfortable. Yeah. Mm, ooh. Yeah. Mm. Hmm. Here, here's actually what I'd really say. All right. I, I'm waiting I, for it. I think that the stuff in Astonishing X-Men, which we have both torn and dangerous on this list, mm-hmm. are better than it. And those are it is at 33, torn is at 37, dangerous is at 40. I yeah. think it's probably better than number 42, which is X Factor Endgame. I agree. Would you put it above or below Rogue and Gambit at 41? I would rather reread Rogue and Gambit, but that's a very me thing. All right. I'm going to say that I'm on board with this, but I would still put it uh, one spot ahead of Rogue and Gambit. This is no insult to the amazing Kelly Thompson. I just think this is a historical landmark for the publisher. So I think it maybe I, deserves just a little tweak, but I agree. It's a little too high on the list. So I think that's fine. It's our 41? new 40, our new 40, oh, 40, right? Cause we're, I'm sorry. That's math. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's how math works. My dude, it's never changed. Okay. I'm moving it on my note here. Okay. Back to me, back to you. Okay, I think another thing that might just... All right, here's... Uh, that's weird, because we were just talking about a Jim Lee thing. I want to talk about a Jim Lee thing that I think is maybe just a slight bit too low. And that is at 111, we have the uncanny stuff around 275. The we, the definitive center point of our list. Yeah, we have... keep. I feel like we just keep coming back to this arc, and we're like, well... Is it better than this? And I, I just feel like it's a little too low. Like I'm looking up at like 106, 105. We've got like Kitty Pride and Wolverine and the X-Men getting pregnant with the, the, the brood. We've got Kitty's wedding at Excalibur 12 to 13. I think this is better than that. Um, I don't necessarily think it's better than giant size, little Marvel AVX, but my request would be to move it up to 105. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Once you said that, I was like, I started looking at the list and that was a weird ceiling for me, but it also was definitely my ceiling. Yeah. Is that so Scotty stuff? Yeah, this oh, will be so the new hits 105.5. Uh, the stuff around 275. Sweet. 
Your turn. All right. Okay. Here's my last one. And I'm just gonna I'm gonna throw this on out here. I'm ready. And we'll see how it goes. Um <sighs> Battle of the Atom, which we're named after. Yeah, yeah. We did recently record a podcast uh with our friends Chris Edelman, who you may also know as the Gene Engineer. Uh <laughs> who I assume is back in his home timeline with his lovely kids and his wife, Christy Edelman, who we recorded their show. Chris is on infinite earths, which is a podcast about events. Mm -hmm. uh, and we recorded something about Bow the atom because we guilt tripped him into it. <laughs> Pretty much. He was going to invite us anyway, but I did feel offended that we weren't on every episode. It's okay, Chris. I love you. Uh, Anyway, I reread the end of it, and I don't think it's as good as some of the other stuff that's right below it. I uh, just bought the paperback of it at Ollie's. But did you buy the paperback or did you buy the hardcover? They had both. I just I I I was very scared of Ollie's. I mean, it was it should be Ollie's doesn't make sense. It's like <laughs> it's a weird place. Where I, yeah, I think I said to Charlie that it felt like being in the store equivalent of a commercial that was like an anti-smoking ad about lung cancer. Like that's kind of the feeling I got from being in the store. Like you're not wrong, but <laughs> they sell industrial sized boxes of K cups for, <laughs> for like yeah. 15 bucks. There you go. There you go. Yeah. You don't know if they're mixed with like a little bit of ground dirt or not, but um, oh, look, the French, the French roast still tastes good. And the donut <laughs> chop is better than most things. There you go. So dirt we're moving this water. Are we anyway. moving this down? Cause I, in rereading it, I agree. The first half of it is so good. And then it really just like, once the art falls oh, out right the window, here. especially those last two issues, um, where would you want to put it? Like, it's not as good as Extermination at 103, I don't think. It's at 98 right now. Um, is it better than Giant Size Little Marvel? <sighs> the first half is. You know, once you get past, like, the last imminent issue, and, the, and the, you know, especially the last Pachalo issue, it's like, what are we reading? It, it just goes, like, to seed. It, it's not good. Um, but it starts very well. And I was, I, I still love the character designs in it. I don't know. Um, I, I want to put it. I think I know where I want to put it. Actually. Go ahead. Go ahead. Above the Wolverine and the X-Men five through seven, the pregnant brood arc. Yes. Yes. Below the stuff around two seventy five with the Shi'ar and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Because if you put both of them in front of me, I'm going to reread that space and or dinosaur stuff. Cool. So this is our new 105. Yeah, it's a it's flip flopping. Uh, we have we have a pass here. Uh, the Savage Land Shi'ar got actually an additional boost. Yeah, for wow. it. I didn't intend for that to happen. Um, Could you I, have? You want to do some listener questions, Adam? I would love to do some listener questions. If y'all want to ask listener questions, you just gotta wait for one of us to tweet something. Yeah. That's pretty much how it works. Like, we'll tell you where we're at on Twitter, uh, but you do have to wait for us, and we only do it on occasion. So, Adam, what are some uh, listener questions that you have compiled? 
Okay, so um, Robert Secundus at Robert Secundus asks a two-part question here. Has the podcast changed the way you read or think about comics, and has it led you to any non-X-Men comics? Um, so that's a two-parter. I'd say read or how I read comics and how I think about comics. Uh, yes, but more when I'm reading on Unlimited. It doesn't change as much on mm. my month-to-month uh, -month stuff, okay. just in terms of when we are talking on this podcast, we talk in chunks of story arc that's completed. Yeah. They are month to month. Uh, there's a different cadence to it, a different uh, way the conversation flows. Uh, but yeah, it definitely makes me try and understand how or, or why a story works and why a story doesn't. Because at this point we've talked about, you know, almost 250 different X-Men stories. So I feel like we've both gotten a good feel of, something's doing well and something that's off for some reason and why that might be. And I think trying to balance what a creator's intent was and what their execution happened. I think there's a lot of different interplaying things that I've gotten out of this podcast. What about you, Adam? Um, I just, I think doing the show has made me much more invested on, especially in our conversations with the creators in what's going on right this second. I think, you know, before I started doing the show, I was more than content to sort of like let a couple months go by and catch up um, or even just skip, you know, a certain level of, of number of arcs or whatever. And now I am like really invested. Um, and to Robert's second question about like, has it led me to any non-X-Men comics? I think the only thing it's really done is really gotten me back very much interested in, you know, long box digging and like let me go back and, and find these books that I remember reading um, things that we've talked about on the show. And we'll, we'll get into that with another question. Um, so, okay. This is a fun one from at Dan, the McMahon, uh, AKA gossip girl. If you had to, yeah, if I had to, if, if you had to cast me, if you had to cast me as an X-Men X-Men, not, x-man but an x-man in a live action thing who am i and why man that's a toughie <laughs> guys you just handed both of us a grenade and said <laughs> go for it oh that's tough do you want a second to think about this because i thought about it and i have my answer i have two answers i have an answer for you okay and again promise not to be insulted yes you're my friend I would say Havoc. Ooh, I thank think you. Got that right level of like level-headedness, yeah. but also just a little bit of aloofness. Uh, <laughs> I think it works really well for a Havoc. How are you wow, going to? That feels really good. How are you going to emotionally scar me with this question? Well, the first immediate thing that I thought of was when the MCU reboots the Marvel Universe, you need to be the voice of Glob Herman. Like, yeah, okay. I'm down with that. That's great. You need to be Glob Herman. Um, the other thing I thought about would require you to shave your beard off, but gold balls. <laughs> yeah, I'm not Hispanic, though. And also, you're not wrong. Like, that's my attitude right there. Yeah, I thought of, uh, I did think about the cultural aspect of that, but, um, you know, just for cosplay fun. Um, no, that's cool. Like, look, <laughs> you're not wrong is the problem. <laughs> Fabio Medina and I have a lot in common, whether it's our build, 
whether it is our general uh, enthusiasm for things. Dude, I do love gold balls. Gold balls. Okay. Uh, Next question. Asimov's fangirl at Asimov underscore fangirl asks, which is the more dystopian universe? The 616 or the Paw Patrol universe where a kid and his puppies are in charge of all rescue services (laughs) by clumsy and not very responsible adults. Uh, I'm honestly going to say the 616 because, and here's why. Adventure Bay, where the Paw Patrollers live, is just one bad town, like a poorly managed town that they somehow have found a solution for that involves some precocious doggos. (laughs) Where the 616, it's a poorly managed universe that things keep going terribly wrong. In Paw Patrol world, everything gets worked out at the end of the day. Adam, you, do you have any Paw Patrol thoughts? Your your daughter's a little too old for Paw Patrol. She was she was right on the cusp. So um, yeah, she's nine now. I think we definitely have some Paw Patrol toys in the house because Paw Patrol was starting out when she was still little. Um, yeah, six one six. I mean, come on, like <laughs> the the major cities in America, especially New York, like blow up every three seconds. So uh, at least yeah. in Paw Patrol, it's like you know raft you know takes little jimmy across a waterfall but they at least save the day every time adventure bay is just a bad town that found dogs it is it is okay uh next question from at one wheelchair x wheelchair extremist uh great account follow that one are there any dropped x-men plot threads throughout the years that you would want to pick up and explore if you were given the chance yes (laughs) I mean, like, it's a blanket. Yeah, there are. What do you think I do this for? Uh, I want to see Maggot's emotional slug reunion with his other slug. Yeah. Uh, I actually, I legitimately have a back-of-the-pocket pitch that involves Vulcan, a character who I hate, Lifeguard and Slipstream, who are characters that I hate, and Adam X the Extreme, proving that he is the true third Summer's brother and the heir to the Shi'ar throne. Which I don't know if I've gone into detail about that on this podcast. I've told other people about it before. Uh, it's but pretty anyway, fantastic, if I recall correctly. It also would explain the history and the origin of Ruby Quartz and why it can contain Cyclops' powers. Right. Yes. Yeah, it's a dumb idea that I desperately want to script. Maybe that'll be my project um, too. Just for like yeah. write a script of that, just to get it out of my system and into the universe. I think both of us have talked about wanting to know where Cyclops got his Phoenix egg for Secret Wars. Well, that, um, that's the most shocking scene in X Men history that we will find out in Powers of Ten. <laughs> Maybe uh, I would love to know where Eva Bell is in the Marvel Universe. And uh, of course, with my conspiracy theory about Phantom X uh, in as X and his connection to the world, I would like to have that plot line from Bun's UXM run. Uh, just, I, I would like that touched upon at some point. It probably won't be, but hey, it could be fun. Okay. Uh, near Ravel at Ravel underscore near. Hi, near. Um, I've actually got all people. So if I didn't say hi to you, I'm sorry. Yes. Um, and follow all these people on Twitter. Yeah, they're all great. They're all great. They what are 
what are some books that you only read because of the podcast and found that they are a must recommend to any X fan? Um, hmm. Adam, would you like to go first on this one? I need to I mean, look at the list. <laughs> yeah, I mean, right off the bat, I think uh, the Morlocks miniseries, which I had, had never heard of. And like, it's, you know, it's not the top of the list, but it is something that I am just blown away by whenever we think about it. And I, I love it. Um, I think we mentioned last episode, like Cy Spurrier does really well on our list. So I find that I'm recommending that quite a bit. And um, Supernovas, that seems to be doing super and people who read it seem to love it. Zach, any any like books that you were new to for the show? and or, or... It's the wrong way. I'm going down this list trying to find something that I read specifically for the show and not because I have a bad <laughs> habit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I guess the best answer chronologically is what if Phoenix um, mm. number 91 that we talked about a couple of weeks ago, uh, but I still wouldn't call that essential. Uh and the problem, and then it's Wolverine Snicked, and that's definitely not essential. But that does have uh, Colonel Nick Fury, but a robot who I love. That was fun. All right, I, good answers. Uh, Luz Bianca at Luz Bianca four seventeen asks, and Zach, we all know that you've always wanted the night uh, you wanted Nightcrawler on the Avengers. This is a reverse. If you could pick one non X character to join the X Men, who would it be, and why? I think Carol Danvers should go back to the X-Men because I think it would help her out. I think it would be a fun continuity nod. I also think her and Wolverine should be the power couple of the Marvel Universe, and it's weird that we don't do that. That's that's an excellent answer. Um, I would love to see, like, just some weird crossover stuff with the Thing, maybe the Hulk. You know who I'd love to see on the X-Men? Like, Ghost Rider, I think would be really fun. Maybe they could, like, figure out some way that he's not, like, you know, ghost of vengeance spirit of vengeance maybe he's a mutant somehow um anyway all right also lose uh if you like to lose is one answer on here and you want to hear her do an entire podcast you give us money on patreon and then we'll talk about x-men anime <laughs> uh okay zach i feel like this was a question that you could definitely answer if you could draft an X-Men team using one character from each of the cartoon universes, who would you have on your team? Um, okay, so let's start from the beginning. I want 60s Cyclops from the time that he teamed up on Namor's show. They were not called the X-Men on that episode. Okay. He's very bad. Yes. Uh, Going forward, I think their next appearance is in Spider-Man and his amazing friends. And then I do want Australian Wolverine. I was going to say, you got to have Australian Wolverine. Got to have Australian Wolverine. There's nothing that I'd want more. (laughs) Uh, Animated series. Oh, wait, no, excuse me. Pride of the X-Men. I want Emma Frost. She's weird in Pride of the X-Men. And I think she would be great. She shoots mind bolts. 90s cartoon, I want Jubilee. There's nothing that gets the 90s cartoon better than Jubilee. Do you know what that machine cost, Adam? It cost a quarter. <laughs> yes. Now, 
Now we move into the section of the list that I like to call X-Men Evolution, in which case you take the best character who is Nightcrawler. If we keep moving, good choice. Good choice. It's Wolverine and the X-Men. And then I also want Scott Summers from that. So that 60 Scott Summers, who is like a motion comic and <laughs> emo Scott Summers from Wolverine and the X-Men can talk together and have fun. And then finally from X-Men anime, uh, I want Hisako. Hisako's fun. Uh, her name's Armor normally. She's great. I love her. I am not qualified to answer this question. So that is going to be the answer that, uh, that we get. Did I say that that was from Charlie Etheridge Nunn at Charlie underscore En? How many more of these you want? You want a couple more? Uh, yeah, let's throw let's throw a couple more out there before okay. we wrap this bad boy up because this uh, has already been yeah, a we're going long. giant sized issue. All right, we'll do two more. Okay. Um, at Nuvo X Mutants asks, would you rather fight one giant Jonathan the Wolverine or one hundred tiny Lockheeds? A uh, one hundred tiny Lockheeds for me yeah yeah i'm there too i mean especially if i can decide how tiny they are yeah because lockheed's already small so making him smaller sounds reasonable even if there's several i can swap that a giant actual wolverine is terrifying <laughs> yeah what part that's of not that gonna doesn't well. sound bad <laughs> uh all right last question from at magneto rocks this is a great way to wrap it up x-men is a decades-long franchise with a rich history of nuanced and multifaceted characters given this depth and the range of choices available what is the definitive glob herman story um i don't think you'll disagree with me on this one adam go for it it's ed brisson's one page yes in the x-men holiday special where glob herman hangs mistletoe and state sits under it <laughs> Uh, frame it and put it in a museum, people. It's amazing. It's, it's so good. The X-Men editor in front of the show, Jordan D. White, uh, when he was putting together that holiday special, did choose for that to be the one that happened on his birthday because it was his favorite. Oh, my God. I love it so much. That makes a lot so of sense. Good. Chip Zdarsky has also said that, nope, that one's the best one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's brilliant. It's poetic. It's, it's, uh, so it's a good. haiku. Uh, all right, Zach, I think we did it. We saved the universe. We have a hundred episodes under our belt. I think we're doing pretty good. We're doing amazing. Um, and also everyone who asked questions that we didn't get to, uh, thank you for asking questions. We won't, uh, I might answer them as I'm laying in bed tonight. Who knows? Yeah. I'll try and answer some of them online. Yeah. Uh, honestly, it just depends on how I'm feeling. It's getting late and I had an early morning, uh, Fair. but, 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 but. Uh, this has been our podcast. And Adam, again, incredibly fun 100 episodes. Uh, right back at I, you, bro. I want to thank specifically uh, Chris Edelman at Strictly Worse, uh, Charlie Davis at Genetic Ghost, and Luke Hare at – shoot. I don't, Luke has like 30 Twitter accounts. <laughs> uh, follow his show at Exiled Podcast. Uh, Luke, what's your actual tweet? Coltrake. I should have known that uh, at Coltrake. Uh, for guesting on this show. Also, thanks to Matt Sibley uh, at Matt underscore Sibley for being on the last episode and this episode and being our reluctant villain. Uh, it was so much fun to record this. It was a blast. Uh, what else do we say? 
Oh, uh, if you like this episode, go on over to XavierFiles.com. That's where you can get all the latest and greatest next men news, entertainment, info, comics, maybe games, probably not. Uh, but you can see all that there. It's my birthday this week. Maybe buy me something nice, like a <laughs> subscription on patreon.com slash Xavier Files, where you can get yourself a gift. And that gift is one of your stories put on our list of all the X-Men stories. And we'll build an entire episode around it, like uh, like small elves crafting shoes for unsuspecting cobblers at night. Uh, that's what we'll do uh, for you with a story. Only you will suspect it because you specifically requested it. And in fact, engaged in commerce for it to happen uh so you got that going on kind of more like an etsy than a uh cobbler shoe situation uh and then twitter.com is where i'm at xavier files adam what's up guys you can always follow me on twitter at arthur stacy um <clears throat> you've got new pages of vision jubes the cross time conundrum coming out every x-men monday at adam wreck dot tumblr.com uh if you want daily art in your inbox for as little as a dollar a month head over to patreon.com slash adam wreck um what else have we done recently go listen to chris's on infinite earths we did the the guest spot there for their battle of the atom third episode yeah if we have a, a sketch if you have a sketch subscription check out our x draft article which we did um which has been out for probably a week or two weeks or so and uh i don't know just just keep the x-men in people because there's so much fun stuff out there i was on an episode of play comics recently where i talked about a game gear game called mojo world it's horrible and i hate it <laughs> so go okay. listen to zach complain about that i do i complain for an hour straight you look honestly if you've listened to this podcast for 100 episodes you'll probably enjoy it <laughs> your content uh but yeah folks that's it we don't have any gimmicks uh next week we have a special guest uh stephanie burt who's going to come and talk to us about not poetry but in fact the life and times of one kitty catherine kate kate cat pride it's gonna be fun i'm excited should be good this has been a hundred fantastic episodes of battle of the atom and we survived so far, and we hope you'll be with us surviving the experience for a hundred more. Okay, so I did pay Rob $30. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>